0: So I have ears to hear, heart and mind, to know and to understand. So I will give my attention to God's word. Amen. So I want to start a little bit more seriously on the subject that we're going to be dealing with. But last year, God clearly, clearly spoke to me. And um, I knew that it was not only for me, but it was for us. And he basically said to me, you need to re-educate yourself in praise and in worship and in prayer. And um, so, we have kind of started on it, and uh, last week we had some praise starters, but I felt that I really need to just reteach on the whole area of praise. Is that okay? So, I don't want to go the kind of the normal route, but uh, we need to do some of the normal stuff, some of the basics. Is that okay? And then just teach on the importance of praise, the necessity of praise. Why must we praise? Why do we praise and worship and you know, get into thanksgiving and all of those kind of things. So I want to start on it this morning, but I don't want these to just be teachings. I want them to be practical. Very interesting that as we've begun and I've started to hear other ministries and other leading uh, prophets and ministries, there is a coming a reemphasis on praise and worship again, worldwide, worldwide. So the only reason why I said that is just so that you can know once again, I'm right. Okay, and so this morning I just want to introduce and we're going to just look at the whole subject of praise, praise, praising God. Now there's quite a few Hebrew words when we go through the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Amazingly, the majority of understanding of praise and worship comes from the Old Testament. But within the Old Testament, the majority of it comes from the book of Psalms. You know, books of praises, you know? And so one of the reasons why it's not repeated in the New Testament because it's adequately covered in the old. And it didn't change coming from the old to the new. So it's just taken for granted. You know something about praise and worship. So just looking biblically, what is the difference between praise and worship? There's actually virtually no difference between praise and worship. It's kind of different words that are used. But if you go into the meaning of the words, you will discover, for example, praise. Our English word praise um, has been translated or transliterated from various Hebrew words for praise. And it's actually, uh, the has its root as a Latin word. And it's basically to ascribe value to something or to someone. And then to describe or declare that prescribed value. But then worship also comes from Old English words probably has its root in Latin as well, which is worth ship. In other words, that you're ascribing worthhood to somebody or worth ship. So if we're worshiping God, it's we are giving to him worship. Because we're saying, God, you are worthy, you're worth so much. But for the sake of teaching a little bit, we separate it because how many of you know praise very often in the Bible. Is very loud, very raucous, very you know, out there, a lot of instruments and things like this. And then there are times where worship is very much more deeper, much more meaningful, but it doesn't mean to say praise is not meaningful. And so, worship has the connotation of bowing down in adoration, so it's just different aspects. But listen, you can be in praise and be in worship, and you can be in worship. And be in praise. So it's for the sake of teaching, basically, we separate it and try and help us to understand. But by and large, by and large, not always, a lot of people who teach on it, this is the way they define it. it praise is about God and worship is to God. Now, it's just a rough distinction. It's not always entirely accurate, but it just helps us to understand. And uh, so the different words in the Hebrew, I've been doing a study on it for, uh, since last year, uh, are halal, yada Barak, so when somebody goes yada, 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 you know, what they're actually doing is saying praise, praise, so, you anyway, know, never mind. So, barak, healer means to sing aloud, zamar, uh, todah, or tawdah, and shabak, and then the last one, of course, is hallelujah, which has actually become a universal word, universal language, so everybody say hallelujah, so if you're ever stuck and you don't know what else to say, say You're in good praise, which more or less means praise the Lord, okay? So this morning, what I want to do is just talk a little bit about praise, a little bit about praise, because praise begins with a contemplation of God. Praise always begins with the truth of God, okay? The truth of who He is, a knowledge of God. So one of the things when the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 asked Jesus, listen, you know, one of the earlier kings, you know, he changed the center of worship from Jerusalem to Samaria, and there's a hill, and he built a temple, and I think it was Jeroboam, and um, um, to just get the devotion of the people centered in on Samaria, and but they went off track, and, and so the Samaritans weren't true believers, and uh, she was asking Jesus a question and saying, you know, where do we worship, on this mountain or that mountain? Yeah. And uh, structure, it was temple, just ritual, and uh, Jesus said, the time is coming, and he he mentioned, for example, used this famous phrase that God is looking for worshipers. And I want you to know that God is still looking for worshipers. And his attention is out every single day, and he's listening and looking for worshipers. He's listening for worship. And the reason why he's listening for worship is not because he's got an inflated ego, but because of what worship does Number one for you. And worship is always an indication of where your heart is. Same with your praise. It's an indication of what's going on inside of you. And so when we vocalize, verbalize, when we utter that praise and we make it manifest in our actions and with our voices, it's an outward manifestation of something inward that is happening in us. And that's the main reason why God is looking for worshipers. And and he says this, he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And we'll cover this in the next couple of weeks. But the most important thing is that we need to worship God in truth. So we have to discover what's true about God. And we have to understand what is true of him and then worship him according to the truth. And in spirit basically means with a pure and a right heart. And uh, so we need to worship Him in the context of His revelation. Is everybody good so far? All right. So let's just uh, dig into it a little bit, and then we're going to have a look at it. Smile at the person next to you and say, it's going to be good. Amen. So one of the things that we see, the main thing is that the Bible is concerned about is that we praise God. Now, the Bible does cover the fact that we can praise people, but as long as it's with the correct motive and it's in truth. So God has an issue where we are praising people just to butter them up, to inflate them to whatever, and it's not in truth. And that's why Jesus and the Pharisees often had a bit of conflict about receiving honor from men and honor from people. And he said, but the honor that you're giving is not based on truth. You know, you know, I'm receiving honor from God because it's based on truth. But you honor each other. But, you know, you're a bunch of wicked people. So it has to be based in truth and righteousness. And so God is very concerned that we worship Him. Amen? And so it's a an description, an ascription to God of His value and of His worth. And we need to do it with proper motive, with sincere acknowledgement, a real conviction of that value and that worth. And so... One of two verses in the New Testament where it really is seen and um, expressed so really well is the first one is Revelations 4.11, where um, all of creation and the angels are starting to sing, Thou art worthy, and the elders are saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and they were created. Then Revelations 5.12 says, He talks about the background as of hosts of angels. And they are all saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. So how many of you can see in those verses, it's in truth. And all of those that were singing it were saying it in the spirit because it was true and it was from sincere and correct hearts. So in spirit and in truth. And they were ascribing value and worth, and an exceptional price, basically, value to the Lamb and to God, to Jesus and to God. And so, um, we need to make sure that our praise always has God as the object. It's very interesting, but we see throughout Scripture that the whole of creation praises God. The whole of creation. Creation has a voice. Remember the story, I'm I'm trying not to give you too many verses in this first session, but... The whole of creation, Jesus even said you know, to the Pharisees, when they the Pharisees said, tell the children to just keep quiet because the children were showing them up. And he said, it's from the lips of infants that I've ordained praise. In other words, from those that are childlike and humble before God is, is really where praise is ordained. The proud are too proud to praise God. And so he said, if they be quiet, the very rocks will cry out. And so all of creation, the Bible talks about it. There's a great verse I mean, the Psalms that talks about the fact that all of creation is praising God. Psalm 103 verse 20 talks about even the angels are constantly praising him. Revelations 511, we've seen it, but even lower animate and inner animate. In other words, animal creation, but not even animal creation. The physical world is all praising God. The trees are praising him, you know. And so the psalmist says the heavens declare the handiwork of God the stars, you know, and it says they're pouring forth knowledge day to day. He says there's not a place in the world where their voice hasn't gone out. He's talking about the physical creation is pouring forth speech, declaring the praises of God. Now, come on church, how many of you know that if that's what the stars and the heavens are doing, please, how much more should the redeemed be pouring for that kind of speech and declaring the goodness of God. Amen? And so it's something that we were created for and something that we need to be doing. And so all the way through scriptures, we see that kind of praise coming out of creation. Psalm 148 verses 1 to 10 is where you find that. And again, in Revelation 5:13 the living creatures. And although all of creation is praising God and God receives that praise, he's more concerned that he receives praise from his redeemed creation. We've got much more to praise God about, you know? I mean, the angels are absolutely holy. They've never sinned. And they're always around the throne worshiping God. Because they're constantly getting new revelation of Him. Because God is so infinite and so eternal. I like what one guy said, with every revolution around the throne, they come around and when they look at God, They get another fresh revelation, and it has been like that from eternity, and it will. And then they're just falling down, worshiping again. Because we'll never, never reach and never fathom the depths of God and His mysteries and the wonder. And not only that, but we will just see Him in fresh light. You know, I mean, we hear so much about the love of God, but, you know, we do another lap, basically, in our lives, and we come to the place again where we're so impressed with the incredible love of God. And we just fall fresh at His feet and just say, God, Your love is so indescribable and so amazing. So His concern is for us. And that's why Peter says that we have been called out of darkness into light to show forth His praises. In our lives, the benefit, the changes in our lives, shows forth. But he also wants us to declare it and speak it. It's like a lot of preachers these days preach, you know, they quote one of the great theologians and say, you know, preach the gospel by all means and use words if necessary. And everybody quotes that. I disagree with it completely. I completely disagree with it. Yes, we must show it by our lives, but he's given us a mouth. And he says it's through the power of preaching or sharing or declaring that people will be saved. And sometimes we it's a good excuse for us. No, I'll just show them with my good life. Well, how about you tell them with your good mouth? <laughs> there needs to be some speaking as well, amen? And praise is something that needs to be vocalized, verbalized. All right, so you all ready? Yes. Woo-hoo. So we're going to have a look at a couple of things. Now, you know, it's the understanding really very much of the nature of God. It's really interesting that in uh, Romans chapter 2, Paul talks about the fact that natural creation, natural man with who has not given their lives to Jesus are in regression and uh, going from bad to worse. And he says, you know, they've they exchanged the glory of God for a lie. And he says this, they do not worship him as God, basically. So our worship, our praise is to praise him as God. But then we need to have an understanding. So I just want to um, write down a few of God's attributes. I did some Research on his attributes. God is a God of majesty. That's one of his attributes. Is that okay? God is, you can say it, holy. God is imminent. The word imminent means he's always and ever present. But then there's another word. He's everywhere present, all the time. Is that okay? Omnipresent. God is omniscient, which means all-knowing. Tell the person next to you, he knows everything, knows everything. Yeah, so omniscient. Another one is that God is sovereign. How many of you know he created the world? He has got total claim on this world. He's the sovereign. He's yeah. the king as our creator. Now, praise really comes out of a lot of revelation and understanding of who God is. Remember Romans 2, we praise him because he's God in truth. But how many of you know that there are other attributes of God? He's beautiful. He's kind. He's gracious. He's faithful. He's righteous. He's patient. He's full of goodness. And uh, um, what else can I put in over there? Um, yeah, I think, that, I think that's all good. So, I mean, and there's many words. some really, really technical words for God. But very often we are praising Him for all of these things. But God is not, even though He is in the creation, but at the same time separate from creation, He uh, loves us, but at the same time He doesn't need us to exist, but we need Him to exist. Um, So in a sense He's independent, but in another sense sense He's completely, completely involved. But when we start coming to his love and his goodness, and there's another fancy word that the theologians use, is that he's a God of providence. In other words, he sustains all of creation. He supplies, he meets every need for creation. Um, Hebrews tells us that he sustains everything by the power of his word. He made a promise that the world would never be flooded again, one of his covenants that he made. Through a promise, he also said, you know, that for all of eternity, will there be, um, you know, sunrise and sunset, there'll be seasons, you know, so the harvest will continue. So, the whole working of the universe is directly linked to God's providence, He sustains it. But more than that, He even said it uh, when He was teaching on uh, the Mount of the Beatitudes. He basically said, There's not one sparrow falls that I don't know about it. And He says, And I feed all the birds. So, God's providence just in creation is quite incredible but you know as we drill down into all of the attributes of god we come to a different place where god's wisdom and uh we can then include over here god's love god's power where we start moving out of the broader attributes of god and then we start coming into what i've called the works of god god's activity the works of god So we start coming down to the works of God. We start to see that what he's done in his wisdom and his love and his power, not only in creation, but we come right down to his work of redemption. When it comes to his work of redemption, that's his saving work. In other words, it's not just his general activity in the universe anymore, for which we can praise him. Thank you, Lord, that the sun comes up. Thank you that you send rain. Thank you, O God, that you have this whole created order in your hand. Thank you, Lord, for seasons. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of creation. You know, we can thank him for so many things. Isn't that right? Oh, thank you, Lord. It was so hot, and now the rain has come. Thank you, Jesus. You know? And God is directly behind the seasons. He set things in order. But Paul tells us he sustains it by the word of his power. Amen? Amen. And so he's given us days and nights and times and seasons and um, the sun and moon and stars of all those things, but they're also set in the sky as signs to us of his faithfulness and goodness. And they signs to us every time we see a rainbow of his faithfulness, never to destroy the world again by a flood. And so there's much that the universe is pouring forth a speech that can speak to us, that we can respond to. But it's in particular with the great wisdom And his great love and his great power and his grace when he looked at fallen man and he came with a plan to redeem us through the person of Jesus Christ. Now that's where it really starts to touch on our own hearts. And um, we begin to see his absolute involvement and his care, not only for me as an individual, but for us as a body. And his body worldwide. And even for nations and countries God is concerned. God is concerned about what's happening in the Middle East. God is concerned about the fires in Australia. God is concerned those things because the people's Christ Him reaching, you know, although he doesn't suffer yet, the Bible shows us very plainly that he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities, by our struggles. You know, it touches the heart of God because He's such a God of love. So it's in His works, in the works of God that are particularly expressed in His wisdom and His love and His power. His works towards us in redemption. Because if he didn't act out of power, God could have had all of the power and just stayed aloof and stayed separate from all of creation. He could have just been out there and it wouldn't have mattered and wouldn't have changed his power one bit. And uh, in a sense, he would have been unaffected by our sin and we were all gone to hell and, you know, everything would have just dissipated and fallen to pieces. But his own right arm worked salvation for him. It was a mighty act of his power in sending his son it was the greatest love story the greatest act of love and it was with such wisdom that paul says that if the rulers of this world had known they would never have crucified christ you know that god caught them in their own foolishness which they thought was wisdom and god trapped them but he redeemed us with a powerful outstretched arm amen and he forgave us all our sins and it's in those it's in that revelation So we can meditate all of these things. But really it's when we get down to here and meditating his wisdom and love and power that something begins to happen in us that starts to now provide the basis for praise. And the basis for praise is that contemplation, the meditation of his love and the revelation. So I like what one theologian says, praise first begins with an inward emotion. In inward emotion, it really touches me, moves me, that Jesus came to die for me. You know, we're so used to thinking in the corporate, and we're so used to, maybe in a sense, not having a sense of real value of ourselves as an individual. And one day, God said this to me. He said, John, if you were the only person in the whole world, I would have still sent Jesus for you. If you were the only person, the only human being on the planet ever created, and you had sinned and fallen, Jesus would have come for you. That's your value. That's your worth. And when we start to understand those things, it has to evoke an inner emotion. You know, something must rise up inside us. The starting place of praise is an inner emotion of gratitude, of happiness, of gladness, of rejoicing. Somebody described it like this. He said, that emotion is the music of the soul and the spirit. Music of the soul and the spirit. One place that you can find it is in Psalm 103, verse 1, where this inner emotion rises up in David, and he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Because his soul became full of of this theme of praise when he contemplated the goodness of God. I mean, you must read Psalm 34 when he was with the Philistines. We'll read it just now. When he was with the Philistines and King Abimelech uh, was getting quite suspicious of him and worried that, how is it? you know, this is the guy that all the young women used to say, Saul is slain his thousands and David is tens of thousands. And yeah, this guy, yes, this guy is with us. I mean, he used to wipe us out. And now he's joined us. you know. And he kept a suspicious eye on him. And, and he started to really get worried. And the only way David could escape was to act as if he was mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah he acted like he went off loony because most people are scared of mad people. Yeah. And uh, and he acted like a madman. But you read the psalm that he wrote, Psalm 34. Because it was only by doing that that he escaped with his life. But he ascribed it directly to the intervention of God who gave him that crazy idea (laughs) i mean you know that was nuts wasn't it excuse the puns but and so um and he ascribes that incredible praise to god but you just see this heart of meditating through and reflecting you know when last did you just sit down and meditate and just say you know if it wasn't for jesus where would i be you know the alternative also needs to be contemplated and even if you had been living a good life without jesus you'd be ending up in some way that would not be good And so our contemplation evokes an inner emotion. It's a soul song. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is with me. Bless his holy name. And uh, he says he forgives all my sins. He heals all my sicknesses. But this is what he said in relation to it. He says, and forget not all his. And forget not all his. I want you to remember that word, benefits. Maybe I should include it now. When God, out of all of his attributes and all of his power and all of his goodness and grace, in wisdom and in love and in power, works not only in the physical creation, but where he works actively in redemption on us. That activity, those works of God, David lists now is not just things to praise him about. He says, these are benefits. Everybody say benefits. Come on, say there's benefits in serving Jesus. Amen. So these are the benefits. David sees, man, these are the benefits of God's attributes, of God working. He says he's forgiven my sins, he's healed my disease, but he carries on. He says he's redeemed my life from the pit, he's crowned me with love and compassion. In other words, he's made me a ruler, he's made me a king, he's brought me guttermost to uttermost, he's taken me out. Other places, he said he put my feet on a rock to stay. In other words, I was in miry sinking sand, I was going down. Now I'm in a stable place. And you know what? He's made me happy. He put a psalm, a hymn of praise in my heart to God. So come on, something that should mark out a Christian is praise. So it's in response to the benefits that the psalmists, and particularly the psalms teach us, it's in response to the benefits of God that praise comes. So it's in response to the benefits. Praise comes, but those are a product of his wisdom, love, and power, which are a product of all of his other great qualities, amen, Amen. and out of praise, out of praise, flows thanksgiving, so there's subtle differences in all of them, so in other words, praise results in thanksgiving, so we can praise Him, God, you redeem me, God, you saved me with a mighty hand, but then the revelation dawns, it sinks in on us and go like, hey, you saved me, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. So, praise will result in thanksgiving coming out of the attributes of God. So, come on, church. If God, by his Spirit, is reminding us as a church, get back to praise, get yeah. back to worship, what he's saying is, get back into your contemplation of who I am. Yeah. Because it comes from there. Who is God? I was so thrilled. How many of you know I didn't consult with the children's church? But this morning, as I was finishing off my preparation, Beth said, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? And so I just helped on the computer. And uh, I said, are you doing this for Sunday school this morning? She said, yes. I said, you guys are so in the spirit. And she had printed out on a big piece of paper and their theme for this term, who is God? And I printed out and the kids are coloring it in. And, uh, you know, the memory verse is... um, is give thanks to the Lord. This is their memory verse on the wall. Stacy showed me. I'm going like, this is so awesome. So what is the memory verse? Give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His love endures forever. Come on, So, give thanks to the Lord Lord. for he He is and His love or mercy endures forever. So you can see now that The first thing is an inward emotion. The second thing, and I've got this, this is not my own study, so I'm not trying to bully you into doing something. This came from a a theologian, and he just happens to agree with me and show me that I'm right. When there's an inner emotion like this, of this nature, the heart is always connected to the mouth. And the second aspect of praise is utterance, is speech it needs to be expressed. It needs to be spoken. It's really interesting that creation is not silent because the psalmist says day to day it's pouring forth speech. It says there's not a place in the world where its language has not gone out. In other words, creation speaks. So if his physical creation speaks and declares praise, how much more his new creation should utter his praise. Is that okay? And so we need to be a vocal, verbal, corporately praising kind of people. Amen? And uh, giving God glory. And there's a whole lot of benefits for it. But the third thing after utterance is the, the amazing thing, and I like what this guy said. He said, the spirit of praise is a social spirit. He says, the spirit of praise is a social spirit because it doesn't want to praise on its own. It's going like, come on, join me, join me. Come on, can someone join me? And so these, all of these verses, I have not withheld your praise in the midst of the great congregation. Amen? And so there's a place in particular for us as Christians to praise. We praise him all the time. We praise him everywhere. But when we get together, one of the unique features should be praise. Because praise is highly social. It's very gregarious, in other words. It's like a flock of, a herd of cows. You know, we always got to be together doing the same thing. And so it's praise. Praise invites you to join it and say, come on, let's magnify God for His goodness. And that's right throughout scriptures. There's too many references to go to and and to point to. So it's always desired. You can write down Psalm 40 verse 10, Psalm 34 verse 3, and there's many other places. And then fourthly, you know, Music is so instinctive with human beings. We all love music. That's why there's so many genres of music. There's a genre of music for every taste. There's certain that are not in my taste. Hip-hop and R&B and those kind of things, way out of my taste bracket. Some of it's nice, you know. But, um, you know, I'm still, I belong to the original group where it all came from was rock and roll. That's where, and gospel. <laughs> you know, sweet harmony there, that's kind of where I am. But no, but music is so much part of us. Music is so much in us that once that emotion through our contemplation of His love and that revelation has gripped us, it immediately employs the mouth and says, you got to say something, you got to say something, you need to express this. And of course, then there's all of our physical beings. That's why so many of the praise words in the Bible have to do with lifting hands, raising hands, spreading hands, putting out the hands, kneeling, shouting, jumping, clapping, because once the emotion, once the vocal has taken a hold of us, very often it far exceeds our ability to express, and we need to do something with our hands. You know, yes, Eli was here this morning and uh, the greatest joy about Christmas now is not me getting a present, although shucks, no, no, maybe not a good example. I still like getting presents. Um, <laughs> teasing. But the greatest joy is to watch when you give them a box with their names on it. And then they open it. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you have, you've noticed children, and it's like when they see. Goodie. There's a spontaneous Physical reaction. That's why praise has been ordained from children. And so us in our child likeness, in our childness, which is essential to the kingdom, we should still be like, Jesus, you're so awesome. Amen. That's why he puts, you know, really loud, bubbly people in the church like Hammy. (laughs) Is to show us what it's like. You know, especially for the quiet people like Halga, you know, just to say, come on, just liven up a little bit, you know. But that's why, you know, we, we need to see spontaneous people because there's something that's like, oh, Jesus, you're so awesome. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. I've said it a million times. When you're at the rugby and you get excited, you're a fan. When you're in church and you get excited, you're a fanatic. Yeah. We need to be fans of Jesus. And I don't mind being called a fanatic. And so it spills over into the spirit of song and to the spirit of music, we'd become structured. But I want you to just have a very quick look at um, Psalm 103 and verse 1. And we're just going to read through a couple of things, but I want you to read it out with me. Is that all right? Because these next few Sundays is going to be very practical. Is that okay? So Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord. Let's read it all together. Bless, Bless the, Lord, the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name come on this is a revelation of god so it's verse 2 bless the lord O my soul and forget not all his what his benefits then verse 3 who forgiveth all thine iniquities who healeth all thy diseases verse 4 who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies verse 5 Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle's. Pause there. Notice that he doesn't say satisfy your life or your stomach. He satisfies your mouth. That's why we need to fill our mouths with these praises. And that's why God said to Joshua in Psalm verse 1 verse 8, he says, Do not let this word depart from your mouth. Not from your heart, from your mouth. It, yes, it will be in your heart, but you need to take it from your heart, stick it in your mouth, and be speaking it because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So tell the person next to you, say, you need to speak his praises. Say, so he satisfies your, your mouth with good things. Amen. So that's why we need to always be speaking good things. Woo! Praise now becomes part of our lives. So how many of you know praise is vital to you? Because that's the way you satisfy your life with good things. Let's take it conversely, because God made an issue of it with the people of Israel. If they were always grumbling and complaining, the opposite of blessing fell. Yeah. So those are the, some of the things. Then then he talks about renewing your youth like that of an eagle. And, and so David continues in Psalm 103. Right, let's quickly go to Psalm 34 altogether, all out loud. Psalm 34, are you all ready? Psalm 34, verse 1. Man, this is an amazing psalm. David just lists so many benefits. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be. Okay, now I don't want you to be liars. Turn to the person next to you and say, His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast. In the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, see, this is the corporate thing, hey, the social aspect. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's say it together. And let us exalt His name together. Together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me. From all my fears. This, remember, this is David acting like mad to get away from Abimelech. Remember? And afterwards, when the ploy worked, when the plan worked, this is the psalm he wrote straight afterwards, okay? And he says, they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. There it is, verse 5, follow me. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them, fear him, and he delivereth them. Woo. Look at the person next to you and say, the angel of the Lord encamps around you. Come on, that's a good thing. To Verse 8. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. In other words, there's no lack. If you reverence God, there's no lack. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Woo! Come on, that's a good place to be excited. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the reverence, the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life? And loveth many days, that he may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil. In other words, fill it with praise. praise and the word. And thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil. Do good. Seek peace. Pursue it. Here it is. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Listen to this. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all, 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 all their troubles. Woo. Can you see all the attributes of God Yeah, The Lord is nigh near unto them that are of broken heart, the humble, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And everyone said amen. But the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. And none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate or put to shame. Amen? So listen, listen. So we need to get back. In the coming weeks, we'll have a look at the power of praise, the necessity of praise, what praise does. And uh, we're going to go into a re-education program on praise. We're going to be a praising church. Amen? So I've been doing a lot of praising the last few weeks and uh, listening for praise and worship songs. Praise is the highway. To the throne of God, you know, not only do we enter with praise, enter His gates with thanksgiving, Psalm 100, and His courts with praise, but then God turns it around and He says, "If you enter with praise, then I come in and I'm enthroned in the praise of my people." I mean, it's so powerful. Um, You know, it's an aspect, an element of our Christian discipline, our Christian walk, of our what we created for that we cannot allow to be devalued or to be neglected. And so the Holy Spirit is reminding us. So we need to go back and put on praise songs. We need to learn how to start to praise Him. Amen? So to lift your hands in the mornings and say, God, I give you praise and honor. I give you the glory that's due your name. It's incredible how attractive that is to God. Amen? So listen... In the African culture, many African cultures, to assist with praise, they have praise leaders or praisers. And you see it very often also in the Zulu culture. It's become popular with boxing tournaments. It's when the the champion comes walking in that they are preceded. They are preceded. They've got it right. They're preceded by someone who is a praise leader, a praiser. And then starts to just begin to declare and to sing the praises of this champion as he's coming into the ring to defend yeah. his title. You see it also with their monarchs and their kings. They've got praises who go forward and go in advance. And they start to declare, you know, the good attributes of this king and the good works that this king has done. And that's what our praise is supposed to do leading up to worship. And that's why he says, then he comes and he habits. The praise of his people. It's very interesting that Job says that while the morning stars praised, that's when God created. Come on, if you want God to start moving in your life and start creating and doing creative things in your life, start to praise. We'll get on to it. But praise prior is actually declaration of faith amen, to say, God, I I just praise you because you're such a powerful and such a mighty God. You're so awesome. And I'm just looking away from this thing that's bugging me, and I'm just exalting God. God says, I'll just come and inhabit the praise of the people. Paul and Silas in prison in the midnight hour, and they got up at midnight, and they started to sing hymns of praise, beaten, bleeding, feet in stock, sore, and suddenly there was an earthquake in the prison, Act 16, and they were released. And why did they sing songs of praise at the midnight? Because David said, at midnight I will rise to praise thee. And that's why they took that word and said, hey, it's nearly 12. Instead of bleating about the bleeding, let's start praising about... You know, <laughs> the prison and uh, and so they started to praise and suddenly there was an earthquake, and I loved what one guy once said, and he jumped off the stage when he said it. He said the reason why there was an earthquake was God said, "Oh, it's midnight and theres praise and it came and <clears throat> the prison opened Thank you Jesus. Praises. We don't have to sing it. From a grateful heart. Lord, we want to hear your praises. We want you to hear your praises from grateful hearts. Lord, may we be a praising people. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit. And the Lord, I speak it by your Spirit that you would be stirring, reminding, reteaching this week. Moving us back to the rediscovery of praise. Praise because of who you are and then Lord the benefit of praise for ourselves the power in praise Father I thank you for it I commit this church to you thank you for this church Father in Jesus name Jesus name thank you for every person for every person that is part of ACF that is not here this morning as well speak blessing over them Father thank you that they're always so hungry for your word that they listen attentively lord they're willing to implement the word and to cooperate like this morning father thank you thank you for these dear people lord i just invoke upon them by speaking at every blessing of christ jesus every blessing in the spiritual realm the heavenly realm in christ jesus be their portion in jesus name father i pray you bless with provision where there needs to be provision with health where there needs to be health with peace where there needs to be peace with deliverance where there needs to be deliverance with leading where there needs to be leading with encouragement where there needs to be encouragement god that by your spirit you accomplish this in their lives father i just pray that their progress in christ will be something that becomes increasingly evident that besides our declared praise our uttered praise That our whole lives would shout praise to God. Father, I thank you. I commit each one to you this week and forevermore. In Jesus' name. We all agreed and said, "Amen." Amen. Amen.